Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Thank you, Jasmine. Okay, so... Can I just say I'm really glad that I had time to sit down between doing the actions and doing the talk. If you want a really good workout, Google that and join in um, with the real version, obviously, not me. (laughs) Okay, so thank you, Jasmine. Today we are in chapter four of Paul's first letter to the church in Thessalonica, or is it Thessalonica, looking at John? Doesn't, doesn't mind. Okay, so Paul starts by urging them and therefore urging us to live a life that pleases God. Now, I delved into John Stott, as you do, went to the Atrium Bookshop, there it was, whoop, whoop. And um, after reading the commentary, I came up with four letters, no, four words that all begin with the letter R. It was a little bit tenuous to help us unpack how to please God. So I will, I thought, okay, they're like this. I would really like them decorated for my talk and I didn't have time myself. So if you would like to come and help decorate these letters, I've got four of them. There should be, oh look, there's some pens coming. You can share them, you can all join in. In fact, somebody please come, because that'd be really sad if they're not decorated. Come and decorate them, but I will need them for part of my talk. So if you could start on that one, well, actually, it doesn't matter which one you start on, does it? No, that's okay. Great, grab some pens, decorate the letters, but I will be using them periodically throughout the talk, okay? So no snotty crying fits if I need to pick one up. I'll give it straight back. Wonderful, thank you. Sorry. Grab a pen join in. Okay, so where was I? All right, so the first word that begins with the letter R that we're going to use us to help work out what a life that pleases God looks like is R, or R, for relational. Can I borrow a R for a minute? Thank you. Can I borrow that? Just for a minute, you can have it straight back, okay? R for relational. R for relational doesn't work. R for relational. We're going to use the phonics here. Thank you very much. Continue. Lovely. So, the bottom line is, we can only please God by having a relationship with him. As we found out in the quiz, it is very difficult to guess what somebody likes. And we've all got this wrong in our families and friends, haven't we? We've all given people gifts they don't want. I gave Mark some lovely sandals and some swimming shorts for his birthday this year, and he and the children fell about laughing because they thought they were so hideous. How rude. But it's very difficult to guess what somebody likes. Now, God doesn't want us to follow a list of demands or rules. Instead, he invites us to something much more fulfilling. God invites us to have a relationship with him. God wants us to be friends with him. He invites us to get to know him. And we can see this 
throughout the Bible. One of my favorite verses in the Old Testament is Jeremiah 3.33. Oh no, 33.3. Lots of threes. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Isn't that amazing? God is, is inviting us into his kind of like thinking and being. He's going to show us and tell us things. Um, God's desire to know us for a relationship with us is his plan all along. So my other favorite book is, um, I can never say it right, the Jesus Storybook Bible or the Jesus Bible Storybook. I love that book because every story points towards Jesus. Now, pleasing God through a relationship with him is a radical concept. That's what John Stott said, radical concept. I was tempted to do R for radical, but I thought, well, I, I ran out of ruv. Anyway, there we go. Instead of giving us rules to obey or steps to climb or labors of Hercules to complete, God's heart is just longing for us to know him and love him. And not only that, God wants to know us too. Now, God knows everything about us already because he's omniscient. But he doesn't just want to know the facts. He doesn't just want to like read the book about us. He wants to actually know our personalities and what makes us tick. Now, when my kids were little, there wasn't a lot about them or about the world that I didn't already know. But I absolutely loved it when they came and told me what they thought or what their views on something were or, or what they made of something. And God is like that with us. He just wants to hear what we're thinking about, what's on our hearts, what makes us tick. It's so meaningful, isn't it, when someone trusts you, trusts you enough to confide in you and tell you their hopes and their successes and their fears and their failures. God wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. And that is what pleases him. And I'm pretty sure that out of all the world's religions and systems, that is pretty radical. Now, to illustrate this reciprocal relationship, I've got a sheep. Okay, would somebody like to hold my sheep? Please don't color it in. Just, you would like to, would you like to come and hold my sheep? Yes? Come on then, come and hold my sheep. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I've asked that little girl there, but you cannot hold something else in a minute, okay? I've got lots of things to hold, brilliant. Okay, can you hold him? Now, the reason why I've got a sheep is because in the Bible, there's a lot of imagery about sheep. Oh, lovely, do you want to stand next to her and hold that? Because then we know that it's rough a relationship and we're looking at a sheep, thank you. Um, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is called the Good Shepherd, and we are his sheep. We see that the more time we spend with him, the more we know his voice, and the more he knows us. It says, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. John Stott says, pleasing God becomes increasingly a matter of Christian instinct as the Holy Spirit trains Christ's sheep to discern their shepherd's voice. I'm going to talk a bit more about that later. So, to sum up, the first letter R for a relationship, 
The more time we spend with God and allow his Holy Spirit to work inside us, the more we are pleasing him. Okay, that was my longest letter R. Are you two okay staying there and holding up the R in the sheet? Brilliant. Okay, so my second R. Has anyone got an R I can hold up? That one, great. Do you want to come and hold it up for me, Rebecca? R for Rebecca. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Kane, as well. Um, all right, I wasn't sure whether to do this one first or second, but I've sort of gone for second. Basically, this is really basic, we're only able to love and know, and therefore please God, because he first loved us. But we need to receive this gift. Oh, Jasmine's going to come and get something ready for me. John, could you get that table ready? Up there, please. Okay, you're going to have to try really hard not to be distracted by John, the table, and Jasmine, but I'll do my best. Right, okay, so I've got a fake gift here. I'm just saying this now, because we don't want people to be upset. It's just a pretend gift, but it's to illustrate that we need to receive. Kane, do you want to hold that one? Since um, No, you don't. That's fine. Does anybody want to hold my... my you would like to hold the gift. Come on, then. I'm just going to show you there's nothing inside it, but it used to have chocolate truffles in. So if you sniff it... Oh, do you want to sniff it? Great, lovely. You want to sniff it? Do you want to sniff it? Great. Okay, we can all sniff it later. There we go. Thank you. There's no good just knowing about a gift. You actually have to receive it and open it and use it. And it's through receiving and knowing his love that we can love him and love others. In Romans, Paul says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I've got Jasmine here making um, me a very swift domino run. Good thing she's got steady hands, no pressure, Jasmine. Because God's love is a little bit like a domino run. How, I ask you, like this. Sorry, girls and boys, girls. My. Right, okay, so... God's love is like a domino run in that once we receive God's love, we inevitably pass his love on to other people. Do you want to push it down, Jasmine? No pressure. Yes! <laughs> well done. Thank you. you can... Right. <clears throat> okay. Now, the other image that we were thinking of um, as a team was um, pouring glass, no, pouring water into a glass till it overflows. That's another image. And in the chapter before, it says, uh, Paul says, may the master pour on the love so it fills your lives and splashes over on everyone around you. I was thinking about this, <coughs> excuse me, last week I was in the Isle of Wight and we were looking at the sea and it wasn't a nice, like, relaxing sea, it was a really big, powerful sea with the waves kind of pounding in and I got this kind of like image of, of God's love being like an ocean and like waves smashing over us. And I thought, if I was standing in that ocean now, I would be relentlessly moved by an unstoppable force. I would be overwhelmed and swept off my feet. Now, I mean that in a good way, so let's leave the sea analogy there. But if we imagine that that's what God's love is working inside us, an unstoppable force of love for him and other people. It doesn't seem quite so daunting. Okay, this is where I, I, I'm going to test as we go along that you've been listening, okay? Short-term memory. Right, the first R is R for? 
Thank you. And we've got the sheep to illustrate that. The second R is R for or R for receive. And we've got the gift for that. The second one was a, li a little bit less sure. So I will be testing you again. So remember that. Right. The third R. Um, oh, okay. Right. Has anyone got? We're going to have to keep moving along. Oops. Anyone got another? R that we can hold up. Yes, anyone going to bring their R up? Oh, you're still. Would you? Um, could I possibly use that? Uh, you can come and hold it. Do you want to come and hold it for me? Lovely. This one is R or R for keeping it real. I know, I don't think John Stott said that, did he? <laughs> In this chapter, Paul reminds us that God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and that God himself has taught us to love each other. And that inevitably means our loving God, knowing God, spending time with God will start to be evidenced by more than just a warm, fuzzy feeling. God's love and his Holy Spirit inside us will be shown in how we act towards each other that unstoppable force of like the waves pounding over us will be shown in how we interact with each other. And Paul's really keen that as God's family, as God's church, we demonstrate to other people that we have this love. And this pleases God. We start, as we spend more time with God, we start to develop an inner spiritual sensitivity towards him. I get a quote, John Stott, here. He says, pleasing God. Okay, do you want to sit down? Yeah, that's fine. Brilliant. Do you want to give the sheep to... Um, somebody else. <laughs> Perfect. That's lovely, thank you. Yeah, is that okay? Do you want to sit down or are you happy to stay there? It's up to you. All right, good. Um, actually, that was perfect because I, I just made a mistake there. Um, I am going to um, quote John Stott, but it's, I've already, already said it. I'm repeating it deliberately, just to get that out there. Pleasing God becomes increasingly a matter of Christian instinct as the Holy Spirit trains Christ's sheep to discern their shepherd's voice. We have God's Holy Spirit living inside us. As we're doing, thinking, watching, saying, at home, at work, at school, at home, on our own, does this please God? His Holy Spirit's inside me. Does this activity please God? Or quite simply, who remembers or has got a what would Jesus do bracelet? Do you remember that? People used to, well, maybe it's just when I was younger, people walked around with WWJD, what would Jesus do? And whenever you're in a situation, you ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Okay, it's a challenge. And um, would somebody like to come and hold this? Do you want to, Kane? Lovely, thank you. Right, I'm running out of room here. Okay, so now in this section, Paul does give us a super quick checklist for how our love for God and each other should be seen in our church family. But Jesus has summed this up by love God and love each other. But let's have a little look at what he says. He says, have some self-control. Don't do things 
hurt or upset each other. Be encouraging. Build each other up. And very practically, don't take each other for granted. Don't let everybody else do all the jobs. And I particularly love the message version of verse 12. This actually made me feel really bad. It says, don't lie around sponging off your friends. I imagined me at various friends' houses having cups of tea and eating sponge cake. (laughs) Okay, let's leave that there. So, loving others leads us to serve each other. So, this is my final John Stock quote. It is a wonderfully liberating experience when the desire to please God overtakes the desire to please ourselves. True freedom is not freedom from responsibility to God and others in order to live for ourselves, but freedom from ourselves in order to live for God and others. Okay, we're on the last R. May I have the last R, please? Wonderful. You're going to come and hold it for me, Tiana. Do you want to do that? Okay, so let's just... Let's just see if people have been listening. We have got Ruffle. Yes, Ruffle. Good. Ruffle. Real good. This one, a little bit tenuous again. At this point, I decided I needed to change my letters, but I'd already ordered them from Amazon, so I was like, oh, well. (laughs) It's got to be. Um, To please God, we need to keep running the race. So... I need someone to hold up a pair of extremely smelly trainers. Would you like to hold the smelly trainers? You don't want to. (laughs) Oh, well, you have to smell that. Would somebody please come and hold up the smelly trainers? Are you coming, George, from the back to hold up the smelly trainers? No. Okay, look, they they really don't smell that bad. Somebody down here, would you like to? No. Uh, no, no, I tell you what, let's get a young person or an adult. Let's let not them shirk. Who are you pointing at? Somebody over there. Anybody? John, oh, let's give John a clap. John is holding the smelly trainers. They're not that smelly, honestly. They're really not smelly at all. Okay, where was I? Okay, in verse 1 and verse 10... We are urged to please God more and more. Now, this is the killer. If our goal is to perfectly please God, we can never claim to have arrived. If our goal is to perfectly please God, we can never claim to have arrived. Now, I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm hoping there's a helpful challenge in here for some others too. We need to avoid becoming complacent Christians. We need to be aware of our tendencies towards apathy. We are likely at times to feel spiritually weary and even cold. I really hope this isn't just me. But the Bible urges us not to give up. Now again, I speak from my own experience I wonder if at times we can feel that we have fought the good fight for a while. Sorry. We have been firm through that battle. 
We have soldiered on through the dark night of the soul. We have hung on in faith when it all seemed bewildering. And surely, Lord, I can have a bit of a break now. Now, I've talked before about my early and glorious experiences of hymns with the likes of Moody and Sankey. Can I just have the Moody and Sankey people here? Anyone else know hymns from Moody and Sankey? Yes, one other. Just me then. All right. Okay, I'll have to sing you some. But anyway, as I was thinking about this, one of Isaac Watts' hymns floated into my head, and I'm pretty sure I've shared this before. I'll sing it later, privately. It goes like this. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb, or must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fight to win the prize? And, you know, it makes me laugh. But when I was young, <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm a soldier of the cross. Yes, I want to fight to win the prize. Yes, Lord. Whereas now, if I'm honest, you're hot as well. Do you want to sit down? Come, could you get somebody else the R and the shift? Thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely. Um, yeah, whereas now, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes those flowery beds of ease seem quite tempting. Yes, please. But that is not what we're called to do. And the best thing is, Jesus understands. He's faced all these things for us and overcome them. The Bible is full of the most amazing passages that tell us that God is with us in our weaknesses. And most of those passages are underlined in my Bible. So I'm going to finish here because you're all getting hot and tired. I want to, you're not, you're all right. I want to finish our focus on pleasing God by using Paul's image of running a race, just in case you weren't sure how the, the trainers fitted in, like running a race. We will do a reminder in a minute, yes. Um, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's consider him so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Can I take the, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, just um, pop them down here. Lovely, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, lovely, thank you very much. Now, I'm going to hang on to these, <laughs> nearly said it, hang on to these letter R's, because I want to give us a chance to respond we go. Do you know what? I'm afraid that one has to go that way. So we're going to have an opportunity to respond now. And I want us to think about the different ways that we're called to please God, because you could want to respond on a different point. It could be that you feel called to spend more time getting to know God, relationship, it could be that you know you need to receive more of God's love. You could feel challenged to allow God's love through you by serving others. Or you could feel or acknowledge that you feel weary 
and you want to ask God to help you to keep running the race. Now, as with all these responses, if it works best for you to sit in your seat on your own and just quietly engage with God in your heart, then you do that. That quite often works for me. But if you would like a more active response, there are a number of things you could do. Uh, Okay, uh, John, would you mind getting out all my activities? So I thought, you know, one of the things we need to do is spend time with God. So I have got a selection of tea bags in all flavours and normal ones, either side of the church. Come and take a tea bag. And I've printed out some encouraging verses as well. Take a tea bag and a verse and commit to spending time with God today, just allowing him to know you and love you. We've also got some footprints somewhere. There we are, footprints at the front of church. If you want to come and take a footprint and take it home with you, but write a prayer on it. Write something to ask God to be with you as you run the race. Write someone's name on it or draw a picture. And there's some Bible verses there as well um, that encourage us to keep going with God. So the worship group are going to be playing some worship songs over us as we respond in those ways. So don't be shy. Come and get a tea bag or a footprint and a Bible verse or just come and get everything and commit to spending some time with God today. I would get in there quick before the kids grab all the uh, interesting fruity tea bags. Mm -hmm. Thank you.